Hear the word of screen. The words will be on the screen. There's also Bibles in your pews. We'll be reading today from 2 Timothy, chapter 1. This is called 2 Timothy because it's creatively the second letter to Timothy, um, in case you didn't know. We'll be reading verses 1 through 7 today. I'll be reading the first seven verses. I invite you to hear these words. The Apostle Paul writes to young Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that it is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So I was looking back at some pictures that my mother gave me. It's really only a few years ago. Our family's maybe not as close-knit as everybody else's, so there's people in my life, I don't even know what they look like. And we came across this picture uh, that we'll show on the screen to you real quick. Uh, this is a picture of my grandmother, Shirley May Sheridan Devenall. That's where Nora May gets her middle name. Uh, I never met uh, my grandmother because she died when she was 33. Uh, I wasn't born yet. My mom was four. And my mom knew her for a little bit. And this is actually the first time, this is about a year and a half ago, first time I ever saw her face. There just weren't pictures rolling around. And I thought, wow, that's wonderful. I have a picture of Grandma Shirley. Uh, I think her name is Shirley. Mom said, yeah, her name's Shirley. I said, I don't know. I never met her. But I looked at that and I thought, my goodness, my family always said, now, Jimmy, you have Sheridan features. And I thought, does that come with any money? I don't know what that means. Um, and and I, so I just took their word for it. And I look at the picture, and I'm looking at it, and I thought, my goodness, you know, if you were to Photoshop that haircut onto a picture of me and take off my glasses, you might, I might be pretty close. I've got, I've got her nose and her smile, and if, if you look at the high-resolution version on the uh, computer, our teeth are crooked in the same spots. It's amazing. There's this resemblance that comes through, and she's two generations past. I thought, how special is that? I know, I know that many of you can probably pick that up in your own families. You have, uh, maybe you're, you say, wow, I found a picture of my great-grandma. I had no idea that I could look or, or, or like her or like my great-grandfather's. Maybe I was talking to Dylan, who has pictures of, what, five generations back. Wow, is that my dad? No, because your dad doesn't wear an ascot. Um, and so it's just funny we can pass things on. I mean, if you look at my children, for example, I've got three children. Dean has my calyx. I'm sorry, son. You know why it takes 10 gallons of hairspray to get your hair to lay down? That's my fault. I'm very sorry. Dean and Nora May have my brown eyes. Jackson's got Amanda's green eyes. And it's not just physical features that we pass down from generation, and it can go way back. 
We pass down other things, too. Like Jackson and I have the same temperament. Poor kid, I'm so sorry. Forgive, forgive me. Uh, Dean has my ability to make a quirky, hilarious joke, often at the wrong time. That's my fault. Nora May has my ability to mouth off inappropriately. And I'm sorry for all that, but we pass these things down more than just what we look like, but things about us. And, and if you look back over generations, if you were to just do a little bit of research, you might find that some of the things that you value and some of the habits that you have actually go back maybe to your parents or your grandparents or beyond that. How many of you ever had any moment where you said, I will never be like my parents? Only to find that you looked in the mirror one day and not only did you say, wow, I look like them, but you heard something come out of your mouth and you thought, dad, what are you doing here? Pass these things down. Sometimes for the good. Sometimes, let's be honest, there are things that pass down that aren't so good. It just kind of happens that way. They're a part of who you are. A part of what lives in you comes from what has lived in the people before you. It's just the way life works. And I wonder what it would look like for us to consider what we are passing on. Because what lives in us was passed to somebody else. And what lives in us will be passed to somebody else. You following with me? What lives in us, we received, but somebody else will also receive. What are we passing on? What are we passing on? We look at the scripture and we hear this letter written to young Timothy. Timothy, I don't know how young he really was, but he's a younger guy. And Timothy was Paul's protege. You know the Apostle Paul, the famous New Testament guy who carried the gospel all over and planted churches in the known world. He He was a protege of this Paul. They went on missionary journeys together. They were so close, in fact, that Paul often refers to him as my child or my beloved child. There's a close relationship there. And after all of these missionary journeys, Paul says to Timothy, he says, all right, look, we planted a bunch of churches here in Ephesus, and I need you to stay here and work on this while I keep going on. So Timothy does, and it's hard work. You can tell by the fact that Paul says, when I recall your tears, it's draining, it's hard. It's hard sometimes to do the things we're called to. Especially, I don't know, have you ever been in a position where you might not quite be ready for what you're called to do? It's a little hard, isn't it? And so the first time Paul writes in the letter, first letter to Timothy, creatively called 1 Timothy, he writes about instructions. Here's what you do. Here's what you teach. Here's what you try to correct. But the second letter is, Timothy, this is about your heart. This is how you, as, as a leader in the church, as a Christian, how you can make it. Because you know it's not just about education that makes life work. It's not just about what you do that makes life work. It's not just about your reputation that makes life work. There's something about our heart. There's something about our faith. And so he talks to Timothy to encourage him. He says, in this difficult time that you're going in, let me give you some encouragement that will sustain you and not just help you get through it, but help you have fruit in it. And he says in verse 5, he says to Timothy, I am reminded of your sincere faith. I am reminded of your sincere faith. Say sincere faith. They don't be- y'all don't believe that I actually want you to talk. Say sincere faith. It's not just faith. 
It's not just, I remember that you are a nice person, Timothy. It's, I remember your sincere faith. And that, that's an important thing because sincere, that means something. And so what I did was I, I thought, how important is this word? It struck me so interestingly. And I figured out, well, how do other places translate it? Where does it come from? Maybe in its original language in the, in the Greek. And some of you don't care about Greek, but I don't care. I'm going to tell you anyway. Sincere. Anupokritos. I'm not going to make you say that. <laughs> I can barely say it. I actually had to pause to make sure I got it right. Anupokritos, which is the opposite of hypocritos. Do you hear that? Which is what? Hypocrite. Did you know that the word hypocrite comes from the ancient Greek word hypocritos? Which means an actor who wears multiple masks. So, Timothy, I remember your anupokritos faith. I remember your non-hypocritical faith. I remember your deep, genuine, real, non-surface, deep, deep level faith. Timothy, I remember your faith that goes far beyond appearances. Timothy, I remember your faith that is more than beyond, it's beyond good deeds and saying the right thing and showing up at the right time, making sure you're well-liked, making sure you show up at church at the right time. I remember your faith that is deep and sincere and genuine and in full unity with who you are and who God is. That is an anapokritos faith, a sincere faith. That is deep. That is rooted. That is in the depth of one's soul. Timothy, I remember this about you. That you don't just have the faith that says, so-and-so says Timothy's a good guy. Timothy rarely cusses. He'll give money to the poor person. Timothy shows up in church. I'm talking about faith that loves Jesus with all of his heart, mind, soul, and strength and his neighbor as himself. I'm talking about sincere faith. It's going to be that that Paul says, that is going to be what gets you through your sincere faith will get you through the difficulty and show fruit for the Lord in the middle of it all. I remember your sincere faith. But let's not make the mistake that Timothy is a hero in and of himself. That he has prayed a proper word or said just the right series of of holy things or has done something uh, fantastically spectacular all on his own to have such sincere faith. Because Paul's not finished with the sentence. To illustrate this, I want to introduce you to my friend Timothy. Hi, Timothy. Y'all are rude. Say hi to Timothy. Now, Timothy probably wasn't wearing rouge and has cupcakes down below. But let's, let's assume this is Timothy. And we say Timothy has sincere faith, deep faith. But see, it doesn't come simply from his own conjuring. You see, inside of Timothy is something that makes us realize that Timothy has come across this with the deep help of other people who have followed Jesus Christ. And so Timothy, that Paul says, I remember your sincere faith, which lived first in your mother or your grandmother, Lois, and lived also inside your mother, Eunice, and was handed to them uh, please, by somebody else who shared the word with them. You see, Timothy, within, within him, within the sincere faith, comes a grounding of generations of people pouring into him. It's not just him. It's not just him. It is people in his life who loved him so much that they took their faith home into the most vulnerable spheres of their life and said, I don't want you, Timothy, to just be a good boy. I don't want you to just make it in the world and get into the best Jewish school and make sure you have a name for yourself. Timothy, I want you to have the thing that matters the most. Timothy, I want to teach you what was taught to me. Timothy, I want to teach you what my mother told me. Timothy, I want this faith 
that I have to also live in you. And from the beginning of Timothy's life, Timothy has a foundation poured into him and somebody is passing on to him exactly what he needs for his life and everlasting life, and that is faith in Jesus Christ. And here's what's so interesting about this. It says, Timothy, I remember your sincere faith, but there's another word in this verse that strikes me so much. It says, that first lived in your grandmother Lois and then in your mother Eunice, and I am sure lives in you now. This is living faith. Passed on from one who cared into another who cared into another who cared, who sought to invest in the best of Timothy's life, a faith that is alive and active and dynamic and breathing and living and allows Timothy to live the fullness of God's word because of his response and his foundation of faith. You do not have to stand up in front of millions on the radio and proclaim the gospel to make a difference in the world. Sometimes all you have to do, Lois, is live your faith with your daughter Eunice and your grandchild Timothy, and the world changes. Do you hear me? You don't have to stand up and have your name in lights. Nobody has to know who you are. Paul doesn't lift up these women or even Timothy because they're impressive. He lifts them up because they had a living faith. And they weren't afraid to live it with the people closest to them and to pour in so that no matter what Timothy took away, he would always have inside of him not just habits in grandma's eyes, but a faith that was alive. And Timothy needed that because he was going through some difficult times. And remember, Paul said, it's your sincere faith that's going to get you through. And it came from somebody. And it came from somewhere. So my question for all of us today is who, what are we passing on to our children and our grandchildren. And listen to me. Some of you might say, I don't got kids. I don't want kids. Well, that's fine. But what you need to know is by virtue of baptism, we've all got some kids. The kids of the faith, the kids that are not of the baptism, that are out in the world that need to know Jesus Christ, we've all got influence in the lives of somebody in another generation. What are you pouring into them? What are you pouring into them? Take a look at this picture up here. This is a a painting of Rembrandt. Uh, Rembrandt painted this. And Rembrandt was also very creative with his um, titling. This is called uh, Timothy and His Grandmother. I mean, maybe he didn't have enough coffee that day, but I think the title works. And so you see here, this is uh, Lois and Timothy, and you see they're sharing the scriptures together. I don't know if you can see the family resemblance there or not, but you can see something they do share in common, and that's a love of the scriptures. And that comes from this verse and a verse in chapter 3, 2 that talks about Timothy's knowledge of the scriptures since he was a child. And, and what you see in, in this painting memorialized is the idea that faith is passed on, but also it's the tools to live faith. She's sharing scripture with him. She's teaching him to love scripture, to love the God that is proclaimed in scripture, to listen to the Holy Spirit that speaks through scripture. So that there's going to be one day when, when Lois is no longer able to sit there with Timothy and the Bible in her lap and Timothy's got the Bible in his lap all by himself that he'll know what it means and how to read it and what the story is and what the story of his life is. Equipping him for the future. For faith. So what are we passing on? I want my kids one day, precisely on their 18th birthday, to move out of my house, have a job, take their dinner plate with them and never bother me again. I'm kidding. I love you guys. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Come here. I love you. No, no. We want so many things for them, don't we? A lot of times we want things that we wish we had for ourselves. Let's be honest. 
I want to tell you there's nothing more important that you could want for your children, that I could want for my children, than to give them living faith. We can give them a lot of things. I can give them my calyx, my eye color, my wonderful personality. But I can also give them my faith. If I'm brave enough to live it out loud in my most vulnerable areas of my life. I know at home is where we like to put on our sweatpants and let it all hang out. <laughs> but faith matters there too. Let's have the courage. Let's have the courage to live our faith. Teach it to our children, our neighbors, the people we mentor. Maybe it's even somebody who's not a child, but you're mentoring them. Maybe they're in their 30s or 40s, but you have the opportunity to speak into their lives. Are you passing on faith? I want it to be said that each one of you can find somebody in your life and say, I, I remember your sincere faith. And I'm thankful that I was able to be a part of pouring that into you. Because that is the thing that we can pass on that matters most. So let's take our faith home. And let's make generations of living faith. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite you to maybe rekindle the faith that was once in you by coming to the table to meet with the Lord Jesus in Holy Communion. I'm going to invite you.